Welcome to Episode 6 of the Family Films Podcast. We are delighted to have you here from Aaron with an interview from 2017, with Oz Collector and Replica MGM Oz creator, Stephen Sisters. Yes, Sisters. He created a model of Munchkinland. In the words of Stephen. In late 1987, as merchandise started appearing, and events started gearing up for the 50th anniversary celebration of The Wizard of Oz, I began contemplating how I could contribute to the upcoming anniversary. Somehow I wanted to show, my appreciation for the years of enjoyment the film had brought to my life by creating something to share with the rest of the Oz community. Overall, the construction of the model took approximately 18 months. Up until the beginning of August, 1989, when the model was nearing completion, I still did not know what I was going to do with it. But thanks to the efforts of John Fricke, I was able to display it just two weeks later at the MGM 50th Anniversary Celebration in Culver City, California, alongside original props and costumes from the movie. It was purchased that very same day, and now resides in the collection of a prominent Oz collector. Enjoy everyone, and we thank you for your support. More Oz interviews are coming friends. Hi everyone, this is Aaron Passantine with the Wizard of Oz Online.net. Today I am here with Stephen Sisters, who is a proud member of the Oz community and also has created and put together his own beautiful scale replica model of the Munchkinland sequence that was used during the 50th anniversary of the Wizard of Oz celebration in Culver City, California. Today Stephen will talk about that event and also about his involvement in the Oz community as well as how he made Kurt Raymond's broom for many of his performances in Southern California and different Oz events that Kurt's a part of. So here again today is Stephen Sisters, who is a wonderful, again proud member of the Oz community and very much um, involved in Oz and many different aspects and also um, in years past and late 1990s had worked um, for a very long time at MGM um, before um, Warner Brothers um, had renamed the name. So here is Stephen Sisters for an interview, which is the first interview of the, of the new website, thewizardofozonline.net, for the month of January. Thank you for listening. All right. Hi, Stephen. How are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you? Very good. Thank you for agreeing to do this interview. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. All right. For the first question, if you could please share with us how you first got interested in Oz, and if possible, if you can recounter your thoughts on when you first saw the MGM Wizard of Oz film. I think I was three or four years old, just like many Oz collectors and or many Oz fans, and I believe I watched it at my grandmother's for the first time on a Sunday night, uh, and that would have been in 19, probably 1961 or 1962, and from the first time I saw it, I was hooked and looked forward to every, every broadcast every year with great enthusiasm. That's great. Wow. Now, have you read all the Oz books as a whole, or did you um, read them growing up a little bit, or what, I guess, is your opinion on them? No, actually, the only Oz book I've ever read is the first book, and I never really, really got into the Oz books, per se, um, but like I said, I've only read the first one, and I think the books are wonderful, but I, personally, I've never really had an interest in reading any of the other Oz books. Okay. I guess is that because you had a, such a focus on the MGM movie and everything that you're doing, right? I believe so. Right. Yeah. There are people like me who are more into the movie than they are into the books, and that just happens to be who I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. 
Now, um, what are your thoughts on the 1985 Disney movie Return to Oz? And um, I'll mention many people like to think that that's the official sequel to the 1939 film, but it's not. And I'd like to know what your opinion on is that. Well, well I did see it. Um, I probably am not a big fan of that film. Um, it seemed very dark and very disturbing to me. And um, uh, it just didn't, it didn't have the same uplifting happy feeling that the original was the last had and uh, so yeah that's my thoughts on, on that um, it was a good film but it wasn't particularly of interest to me right I understand everyone has their opinion so yeah right. <laughs> okay you know that I like that film so <laughs> yeah, yeah I know you do <laughs> yeah now um, you actually worked for MGM Studios in the late 1990s, and if you can please tell me about your job there and some of the tasks that you did while working there. I worked for MGM Home Entertainment in the art department for four and a half years, and basically our responsibilities were to pull together monthly. We had a list of all the films that were coming out on video or DVD about nine or ten months down the road, mm -hmm. and it was our responsibility to pull together all the artwork, the visual artwork, which would be black and white, 8 by 10 photos, color slides, if, if any were produced for a particular film, uh, advertising material, anything we could find in our archives that could be used by a designer outside of our company to produce new artwork for the cover of the DVD or video. Hmm. So we would, we would call up from our warehouse all of the available material that there was, such as, like I said, black and white 8x10s, original negatives, um, all the original photography that was done for that particular film, whether it be a film from the 1940s, 50s, 60s, whatever. Whatever film we had rights to, we had all that material available. Mm. So we would, we would pull that up from the warehouse and go through it piece by piece, and we would make a decision of which photographs we thought would be would lend themselves well to the uh, art, uh, to a designer to do the artwork for a cover of a DVD or a video. And in turn, that material would be sent out to a lab, it would be put on a photo CD, and that would in turn be sent to a designer who would use those photographs to design a new cover artwork for a video or a DVD. Wow, that's a very interesting process. Thank you for sharing about that. It was wonderful to see, be able to see all the old original photography that was done for movies. And right. um, some of it did survive well. Unfortunately, a lot of the original negatives, um, because of they were stored incorrectly, had deteriorated, and you know that photography was no longer available. Mm -hmm. But we did see a lot of interesting things. Right. Yeah, I bet. Um I guess, I bet your interest in the Wizard of Oz really grew out your time there, do you think? Or did it grow? Did your, your interest grow into it a lot during your time there because you had access to a lot of the material on the Wizard of Oz as well? Um, my interest was already peaked at that time, mm -hmm. and so it was just an extra bonus to be able to see all the archival material right. from the film from the Wizard of Oz. Wow. Now, were those kept in, you know, literal vaults and as they say, you know, they had the MGM vault and things of that nature, or was that a lot of that kind of footage, at least for Wizard of Oz, the older films, was that kept out, you know, and where, where was some of that kind of um, stuff kept, I guess you could say? Well, the major, the major archives were stored in a 
in a climate control warehouse in downtown Los Angeles. And um, <clears throat> of course, we never saw any original film. That was all kept in a separate warehouse. And there was no need for us to ever see any original film. And we, we did maintain our own archive right in our offices at MGM, which were photographs, like I said, and color slides and advertising material that we kept on hand for us right there at MGM. And otherwise, we would call up the other material from the warehouse in downtown LA, and um, and that was what we had access to. Wow, that's very interesting. Now, was that all kept in uh, Culver City? A lot of that. Mm, no, when I worked for MGM, we were working in Santa Monica, which is basically uh, an office complex. We oh. were no longer on the MGM lot, Culver okay. City. I see. Oh, and, I see. Uh, all the archival material was kept in a, like I said, a um, climate control warehouse in right. downtown Los Angeles. Mm, wow. Very, very interesting. Do you have any more information that you'd like to share to everybody about that time? or? Well, I think that's, that's pretty much it. It was a wonderful time. I loved working and being surrounded by movie material right. and especially old archival material. Just now, um, probably this is going to be the big highlight of the question uh, for this interview. Um, about Kurt Raymond, and uh, Kurt Raymond is known as a master Oz impressionist and professionally portrays the Wicked Witch within Oz events in different venues across Southern California. And I do maintain his social website, and um, you actually professionally made his broom that he uses in his performances. Now, if you can explain about that process and how that came about, and when did you meet him? Well, I met Kurt at the Culver City Run debut at the Culver City Hotel in October 1997. And Kurt was in full makeup as the witch. It was my first night there. Hmm. And I did see him run around throughout the evening at the event portraying the witch. And at the end of the evening, he had asked Elaine to introduce me to him. And he was slightly embarrassed that I couldn't meet him out of his witch makeup, but right. I, of course, did later on. Oh. And, uh, and that's when I met Kurt. So, and we've been best friends ever since then. Oh, that's, that's great, yeah. He's kind of like a brother to you, I, I think, and uh, uh, for me, you know, Kurt's like a brother to me, you're kind of like a brother to me, too, and I think that's great that um, that, that happened. Um, now, tell me about, about that. When when you saw him come out for his performance and what he did, were you taken aback to know it was a guy doing that, or did you not know until later? I knew at the time it was a, it was a guy portraying the wit. Mm -hmm. Of course, I had never met him, so I had no idea what he looked like. Right. Right. And I never, I never got to meet him and ask himself until approximately I would think it would be two or three months later. Right. Wow. Now this question, I'm sorry. What was that? That was just wonderful to finally see him out of out of makeup, and I could finally see what Kurt Raymond looked like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt the same way, so. Yes, now, uh, this question's been slightly answered already, but um, have you really actually had the opportunity to see him in any of his, you know, full live performances, at least? And Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, aside from the Culver City Rendezvous, I did get to see Kurt in a full production based on The Wizard of Oz, which he did for his uh, company he worked for at that time. Mm -hmm. It was for their Christmas party, and mm -hmm. Kurt completely produced, directed, and did everything from point A to point Z for this production, including he portrayed the witch in this in this production. Wow. And I actually got to see him at that time being made up as the witch, and that was that made it all the more special. 
Wow, that's great. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, well, he's, he's a great guy, and he's a great actor and a great producer, so... Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah. the production was astronomical, it was incredible, and it was all because of Kurt's efforts. And it, I know I went through him with it, and it took him months to get this production together, and it was just flawless. Wow, that's great. Now, one thing um, you are actually known for in the Oz community is your beautiful display of the Munchkin Land that is displayed on BeyondTheRainbowDewatch.com, um, the website that is owned and maintained by Elaine Winningham. Now, um, you have an interesting story about that model and a story behind the, um, the whole story regarding the 50th anniversary of The Wizard of Oz. So if you can please share with us about that and about the very beautiful ruby slippers that you made. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I started working on that model in late 1988, I had also, up until that time I'd wanted to do something to give back all the enjoyment the movie had brought to me over the years, hmm. and I wanted to just give something of myself, and so I decided to make this scale model of Munchkin Land, and I started working, and like I said, late 1988, and first I had to obtain photographs, which allow me to do a floor plan and an architectural rendering of this entire set mm -hmm. from which I could build it and so I went to the um, one of the archives in Los Angeles which houses a bunch of original Wizard of Oz original stills wow. and I, pur I purchased three or four stills of Munchkin Land which I did not have which showed the different views of Munchkin Land and then I used of course the stills that I had I freeze-framed the movie, I watched it over and over in that portion of the film, you know, up to 50 times, wow. getting all the details. So it probably took me about three or four months to do the floor plan, draw the plans of the model, and then I started working on it. And from start to finish, <clears throat> excuse me, it took me 18 months to finish this model. Wow. And, and in the meantime, wow. in the meantime, I had no idea what I was going to do with this model, where, if I, where and if I could ever display it, where I was going to be able to show it. I had no idea, but I just kept working on it, kept making it, hoping that I would find an outlet to be able to display this model right. for the anniversary. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, throughout in this process, I believe it was early 1989, I put myself in contact with John Fricke. Mm -hmm. and at the time he was writing the 50th anniversary was it a lot coffee tape the book right and John was nice enough when he was in Los Angeles one time to come over and see me and he saw the model and he loved it and I told him I really wanted to display it I had no connections in Los Angeles at that time and through John's connections through MGM while he was working on the book he was able to get me to display my model at the 50th anniversary MDM Celebration in Culver City, which was such an honor for me mm. because my model was displayed alongside a lot of original MGM uh, costumes from the movie wow. and Pavilion. So it was quite an honor for me at that time. Wow. That's just. If it wasn't for Dr. Tricky, I never would have been able to display my model. Hmm. Right, yeah. And what a special man he is. He's known all around the Oz community for his wonderful work in historing the Wizard of Oz and the legacy of Judy Garland, which is a wonderful yeah. thing that he's doing. Yes, wow. Now, what was it like being at that celebration? What what was there? Well, aside from the room uh, where my model was and all the 
original costumes from the movie and memorabilia. There was a um, uh, an original pair of ruby slippers were on display, which I have a photograph of. Hmm. And there was approximately, I can't remember the original number, but I would say from 10 to 12 original munchkins that were in attendance. Oh, great. And they had a big party for them and a huge cake for the 50th anniversary. Uh. And it was a big day-long, it was a day-long celebration of, of the film. And to start the day off, in the parking lot at the original MGM Studios across the street, they had a big Oz balloon, the same size as the Wizard Lens Ozins. Oh, wow. And they had all these characters dressed up like Dorothy and the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Lion, Glinda, and Dorothy actually got in the balloon and took off in the balloon, which we thought was really incredible. Ah. Wow. So that was the start for the whole day. Wow. That's, that's, that was exciting. Now, was, was, was that, I'm sorry, was that like a public event then, or was that by invitation only then? I believe the outdoor part was a was a public event, mm-hmm. and I think the the indoor portion was the um, the display of the memorabilia and everything. I believe that was by invitation only because I still I, I believe that was by invitation only because I still I remember receiving invitation, mm-hmm. and uh, which I still have a copy of, and I believe that was by invitation only. Hmm. Wow. Well, I bet you're thankful you got that invitation. <laughs> Oh, I am. Yeah. You know, it's all because of John Fricky's efforts mm-hmm. um, in helping me get connected to people at MGM. Right, right. And getting my model displayed. Right. And I, I say it publicly now because it's the truth. And, and I say that, you know, if it weren't for John Fricky, I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing from the very beginning with the Oz community because I first got in contact with them after shortly thereafter I joined the International Wizard Oz Club. So I'm honestly very thankful for his efforts and his involvement and beforehand and what I was trying to do at the beginning of my site um, when I started the Oz stuff because it's led me up to many, many great people that I've become personal friends with in the Oz community and, of course, Kurt Raymond and other people and yourself, too. And it's become a great thing. I, and I think for John Frickie, he just loves it when he knows that there are fans and people that associate with him and more so that go to him for help and he appreciates that I know he, he really appreciates that so. he's been a wonderful mentor and he yeah. went to me yeah 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 um now um regarding your broom that you made um how you know do you think um as far as with the broom and the ruby slippers um would you ever consider professionally selling them to people well the the ruby slippers, I, I made my original pair, and then since then I've made three pairs for, I made one pair for my brother, I made one pair for Elaine Willingham, hmm. and I made a pair which I sold to another Oz fan in um, Minnesota hmm. at one of the Oz events we had. So that's four pairs of ruby slippers, and I'm, I'm pretty much out of the ruby slipper reproduction business now. <sighs> it's very time consuming, um, and I really don't have the time anymore to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I ever make another pair, it will be to redo the pair that I have because each time I did a pair, I learned more about it and I got better at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I ever remake a pair of slippers, it'll be for my for my own. And as far as the broom goes, that was the one time thing that Kurt asked me to do for him mm-hmm. and uh, for his production or his you know uh, to go along with his wicked witch costume. Right. And uh, I did that completely. With no, with no help, no instructions. I just had to basically create this broom um, using my own 
creativity. And wow. I probably would not ever do another, if I did another one again, it would be for myself. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I honestly, I have gotten several, um, a few people, you know, asking me, I want to have the room, you know, talk to Stephen about, you know, things like that. And I have told them time again that he's not um, making any more right now. He doesn't plan to. So, but yeah. That, well, I'm very happy. And I, I did write up instructions right. for how I made the broom. Yes. And I have, I have received many requests for help in making a broom mm -hmm. when people see the pictures of mine. And right. I'm really happy to send that information out to anyone that wants it so they can create their own broom. Yes. And, and I am planning on having um, that in, some of that instructions on the site for Kurt um, so people can see that as well. And on, hopefully on the, um, page for this interview, we're going to have that too. So, well, oh, great. Good. Yes. Now that's that's amazing. I I think when you think back at 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 you know just making a broom, how significant that can be for you. You know when you sit back and think about it, because it's been in publicly seen or privately seen in many many Oz events that Kurt's been in. So I think for you, I I think you can take pride in that. You know because it's something that you did. You know, and others can see your work and and probably never realize you made it. But I think that's that's great that you're able to do that for him and that you made it. Yeah, I was really happy to, and it was a, it was quite a challenge, but I actually put it together and it looked quite nice. And and I even talked, in fact, with Kurt last night and oh. asked him about the broom, and he told me that the thing is still holding together. It's been dropped. It's been kicked. It's been thrown and the room is still holding together so I was really happy oh, to hear that good well, I hope he's doing well so. he is oh good good all right now um I guess another thing is in recent conversations you know we have had many talks and um you have referenced off a story about one of the most meaningful Oz events that you had the honor of working in that took place in Bloomington Illinois and it was so important that Kurt Raymond decided to come along with you up there and Elaine uh, Willingham when Elaine is as well, so I would like you to share about that because I know that's very important to you. Yes, this was an event that Elaine Willingham uh, put together in one of our Oz rendezvous, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It was in Bloomington, Illinois, and it all had to do with the with the new marker that had been put on the grave of the little girl Dorothy Gage. That was the namesake for Dorothy in the book. Mm. She was a she was a niece of Al Frank Baum and Maud Baum, and she had died in infancy at five months old and had been buried in Bloomington, Illinois. Mm -hmm. The family had lived there at that time, and, and you know, the grave had been long forgotten, and um, Dr. Sally Roche, who was a historian of the Baum family and of uh, women's suffrage, mm -hmm. had been studying, or had been in contact with one of the one of the sisters of this little girl who had died at infancy and through her working with this woman she had found a map telling where little Dorothy was buried in the Bloomington Cemetery and using that map she found the gravesite and there was a little tiny gravestone that had over the years deteriorated and it was indeed the little girl who Dorothy had been named for mm. and so this Basically, this trip to Illinois, to Bloomington, was um, all about going to the gravesite and and having a a little ceremony there. And right. it was absolutely wonderful. They had a little girl dressed up as Dorothy from the original book, mm. and she came out and 
from behind a tree and came to the gravesite and talked about all our friends at Oz, and it was just, it was wonderful. And Elaine Willingham, of course, did all this work and brought this whole thing together. Uh-huh. And to me, it was, after seeing this little girl portrayed Dorothy and see, you know, just knowing that the namesake of Dorothy was, was there, and, and this little girl had been the whole, whole idea of Frank Bob's head about this heroine he put in, the, in this book. And it just, to me, it meant so much. Everything that, all the odds collecting, all the, everything about the movie just came back to that one little girl. And it was a very emotional, huh. a very emotional day wow. for me and for everyone else that was involved. And um, I just think that it, it, I'm not sure how to put this, um, everything came back to that, that it just all came back and nothing else was really important. It was just like, here's this little girl who people had forgotten that was the namesake for Dorothy and the book. And if it wasn't for her, who knows what the little heroine would have been named. Okay. Now, being a part of the official Oscar team, kind of much like yourself, it's really much fun for those that love Oz. And who really in the Oz community has meant a great deal to you, or who do you really look up to the most? Yeah, so um, I give full credit to Elaine Willingham for pulling all these fans together by doing these conventions. The Culver City Oz Rendezvous, the two Oz Rendezvous we had in Las Vegas. And um, they brought everyone together, and we were all connected, and we could all share and we could all, you know, share our collections. Right. And it's our love for Oz. And before Elaine did this, there was no outlet for our love for Oz. We were all kind of alone. Mm. And through her newsletter, and then and then later through her website, it just all came together. And that was my way of, of connecting with all these people. Before that, I knew, I did not know any other Oz collectors. Mm. Wow. And it was, it was, it was because of the late uh, efforts over the years that all of us were brought together. Mm. And wow. so she's like, a, Elaine is basically like a sister to me. We've since the first time we met, we we became really close friends, and mm. it just gotten even more close over the years. And we basically consider each other family. Mm. Yeah, and it was just absolutely wonderful. She's a wonderful woman, and she put a lot of work into all the years she did with. Um, with the Oz conventions and, you know, I give her full credit for bringing everyone together. Mm, that's wonderful. Thank you for and sharing. And then, you know, and then uh, the extra bonus was meeting Kurt Raymond. Yeah. You know, yeah. And we, and we became best friends after that. Mm-hmm. And throughout the years that I did live in California after that, um, Kurt and I shared many, many weekends together, mm. just going over, going through our collections and having fun and just, you know, having a, a wonderful friendship. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad. I I regret not living out in Southern California where he's at, you know, where so many others are at and where you used to be and and uh, so I can enjoy the times and or could have enjoyed the times with you all, but um the Lord's put me where the Lord's put me for now. <laughs> so um we're all put we're all put in a place at time to enjoy and I was lucky enough to be able to live in Southern California for fifteen years. Yeah. And um I loved my time there. I'm very happy to be home now. 
right. suspected that he was. Yes. Yep. So, um, uh, but yeah, I I learned a lot and I had a wonderful time. I met a lot of friends and of course got into the whole Aussie community while I was in Southern California. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. There's there's nothing like being in Southern California when the Aussie community is involved. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now, um, if you can please make comment on my website, videosforfamily.com, and also uh, we've just kind of recently moved a lot of the Oz um, stuff to the new domain website, which is thewizardofozonline.net. And if you, I'd like to know also, have you heard about a little bit about what I have been doing with the website and the interviews and things with the Oz community before I actually contacted you? Yes, I had. I seen your website and became familiar with it on. Beyond the Rainbow, Elaine Willingham's website, mm-hmm. and uh, I had gone on your website a few times, and I think what you're doing is just wonderful, because there's nothing more family-oriented than the Wister Laws, and right. um, nothing with a better message for children than that movie. Thank and, you. Um, and then now that, I've, now that I know you, and you contacted me, and I look at your website much more, and I just think what you're doing is absolutely incredible and wonderful, and I do... I. I pray that everything will come together for you and that that our event will be incredible. Thank you. I, I sure hope so. As, as of yeah. it stands now, um, in the middle of January, all we need is the funding, and all if that can go through, this event will be wonderful. So, yeah, um, and you've done a lot of work, and I'm really, I'm really happy for you how far it's come. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, honestly, I had honestly been asked to do this by Kurt. Kurt and, and Elaine Horn, um, they were both talking with me over a year ago about putting some kind of Oz event in South Carolina, and and it's starting to lead up to a potential tour. So if all goes well, we will do the event, and we will hopefully do some more, and it's uh, a great honor to have you a part of this. So thank you. And well, you're welcome. And I, I do hope I can participate. I'd be wonderful yes. to meet all these new people. You're very welcome, and, and thank you for your kind comments. That means a lot to me. Oh, you're welcome. Now, finally, for the final question for you. Um, when you're gone, actually, you know, as far as the Oz community is concerned, what would you like to be remembered by in reference to the things that you have done? Um, I just think, aside from, you know, the, the physical things I've done, like the model, and which hopefully will last forever. I know it's still there now. <laughs> um, I think... Basically, I, I would want people to know or remember me as someone who was a true fan of the movie uh, in respect of the message the movie has and the, the heartfelt emotions in the movie because I think they portray me a lot. Because uh, anyone who knows me can't see anything about The Wizard of Oz without thinking about me. And I love having that connection to the movie. Mm-hmm. People think of the movie and they think of me. And... Um, uh, I just want people to know that I was a was a fan from the heart, and also I am, I'm enjoying now mentoring younger Oz fans who are coming along now, another generation, such as yourself and yeah. uh, another friend of mine in Florida, Sean, yeah. who is a as a up and coming Oz fan, and I just love talking with the different generations of people coming up that are falling in love with this film and with this story, and um, whatever I can do. To help people out as they come up and become Oz fans, um, it just brings me a lot of joy to do that. Yeah. Well, I thank you for that, and I appreciate your um, mentorship. And um, to me, it's it's been um, very important in my life as, as far as these things are concerned, um, because um, 
Although I was literally born in Southern California, I left away when I was very young and did not have all the time uh, then or even before to have met any of you guys back then and to, to get to know you all now. I mean, you, Kurt, and, and people of the like has been, has been just great and has honestly been a truly family-oriented house community, which I have greatly adored and have loved for um, over a year now. And... Um, I still continue to do so, so thank you. Like I said, it's wonderful to keep meeting new people and younger people, and um, your energy and all these young people I meet, their energy and their excitement about Oz is just so overwhelming mm -hmm. that it kind of keeps me young, too. You're right. And, um, and just, just as the epilogue to the movie says, for the, it's dedicated to the young at heart, and I believe if all of us stay young at heart, we will never really grow old. Right. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing this this film and the love for the story has brought to me. It's I you know I'm still a little boy. Um, mm -hmm. In my mind, that's still a little boy, and um, and that does keep you young and it does keep your mind fresh. And um, and it's all thanks to the story. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I just don't think there will ever ever be another story that it is truly American that will ever top the, the list of us. Hmm, absolutely. I, I can't think of anything else as an American story that has, has been a that ever can be. And um but you're right, it's it's true and it's a joyous, wonderful story and movie and music and um all the effects that go into it and of course all the people associated with it are just wonderful and many thanks to Warner Brothers for what they're doing because, you know, Warner Brothers has been upholding with that movie now. Um, with their rights and has been seen to it that that movie is protected as, as far as the rights are concerned and I think that's good too and, and your involvement too you did a lot of things you know on behalf of, of MGM and for the movie um, during your time and so I thank you for all your work that you've been doing too well thank you it's always been an enjoyment you know it's uh, something I love and something I really hold dear to my heart and um, anything that I can do for the Oz community you know, I, I just love doing Yes. Start selling your brooms again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start selling your brooms again. <laughs> but yes, I know I know what you're going to do, and, and there's a time to end in all things, and your time in ending of the brooms, I understand, is, is long gone, so... Yes, I yes. understand. <laughs> okay, well, thank you again for doing the interview today, and I appreciate it, and it's been much fun, so thank you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. You're very welcome.